This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, it's Valentine's Day week. I know that you, uh, the Valentine's Day is your favorite holiday. Uh, It's the one you look forward to more than any other holiday. Uh, You kind of build a whole month around it. So um, I do. How are you feeling? I mean, you're about halfway through the month. Yeah, I've already gotten uh, upwards of uh, 22 Valentines, I think. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, Yeah. No, it's great. Did you ever do this thing in, in grade school where everyone, uh, part of your arts and crafts project was to build a mailbox? Yes. And then comes va- come Valentine's Day, yes, everyone dropped Valentine's. In. Yes, I did. That was awesome. I did this thing with this particular girl, uh, uh, Laura. You know who you are. You're probably listening. I drew the, the tiniest heart in the, like, the bottom corner of the Valentine that you probably needed a magnifying glass to see. Mm-hmm. And I thought... I thought uh, it was sort of like the Da Vinci Code. If she saw it, somehow it would unlock her love for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Never came to be though. That's too bad. That was that was your Ralph Wiggum, uh, Lisa Simpson moment, right? The <laughs> yeah. Will you choo- choose? Choo- will you choo choo choose me? <laughs> uh, so, Brandon, how did the FPL gods treat you this week? Then was it was it a happy Valentine's Day pre weekend for you? Oh, very, very sad Valentine's Day. The FPL gods, I think the Valentine got la- lost in the mail, just to beat this metaphor to death. I know, here. this is really, this is a, one of our weaker intros. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, we're going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Brock Toon, Sergio Kun Aguero, this entire podcast. I am a non-Aguero owner. So, um, it was just, I was destroyed. After that uh, Leicester City game, absolutely destroyed. Even though De Bruyne, my my baby boy, comes through with with a Mkhitaryan esque performance of a hat trick of assists, right? Thirteen uh, points, I believe. Th- yeah, thirteen points, which ultimately brought me just slightly above the week a- week average of sixty one. So I finished on sixty eight points, but that's a red arrow for me. Did you Fell ever? The top. Did you ever consider captain him? This is sort of the theme of this. Of the last month or two is you not captaining KDB 
even though you kind of want to every single game week and he keeps getting these double digit returns. Was it was it even on the table for you? No, it wasn't on the table. I think like a lot of people who either don't have Aguero or weren't considering an Aguero captaincy, it was just a choice for me between Kane and Salah. KDB, I mean, the criticism of him this season has been he is not a captain option. Therefore, he's not worth the the price that he has in the FPL game. Um, and for everyone who listens to this pod, they know I'm actually act, I'm totally in love with Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> the fact that I've I've only there was only been one game week in which I thought seriously of captaining him. He's the little he's out. the little redhead girl, redheaded girl, right? Yeah, he's the Brown. one that got yeah. away. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the one week I seriously thought of captaining him, I went with Salah instead. He, and he got his six pointer, and De Bruyne got a goal and an assist. But to answer your question, no, I didn't. I didn't for once think of captaining KDB. But I, it's getting to the point where, well, we'll discuss this later in the podcast. Where does Salah fall in this discussion? Right? Is it like a set and forget with Salah? Well, if it's not, then KDB is starting to get into that um, discussion. Not yeah. a set and forget is it, discussion. Is it, but he is. Is it Salah or Salah? Because I, I thought it was Mo Salah. Like, I don't know. I'm, it depends on which week you catch me, yeah. how I'm pronouncing I saw it. Someone, it. I saw someone on Twitter in a, a peak of, of righteous rage, so mad about, about people on Twitter mispronouncing player names. And I have to say, I don't, I don't get the fuss. I don't get why it matters. Um, I don't mind when people mispronounce things in real life, at my job or otherwise. <laughs> like, I guess people don't like it because... It's insulting the players, but you know I'm pretty sure that Deli Alley and Mosala don't listen to the podcast. Like, so it's fine. Well, and you know they're also millionaires, and we're like a guy with a, guys with podcasts, so it's probably fine. Yeah, we're just a couple of guys with a podcast out of our apartment. We're we're, we're not all that intelligent, but I also <laughs> say this: all around the world, people speak with different accents and different dialects, yep. and. Your name, your name gets pronounced different ways in different languages, and right. I don't know. Who hey, knows? All I will say is I do try to pronounce the names correctly. When we read the Always Cheating Super League Top 10, I am trying to pronounce. Just because I mispronounce yeah. everyone's name doesn't mean I'm not trying, <laughs> Brandon. It's important to note that. Yeah. And I'll also say this. I don't mind if you want to uh, yell at us for mispronouncing players' names. I do mind. That's why I'm bringing that, it up. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind because that's your right, and obviously we're going to screw some of them up, and that's fine. We're not perfect. Okay. And I'm not claiming that there's there's some sort of out Okay, for that's fair. That's fair. All right, so uh, my, my Game Week 27 uh, was better. I did... I, okay, so I'm not going to have oh, any. Can I can I can I oh. actually talk about my my uh, captaincy sure. debacle sure. such as it is? Sure. So so last week uh, we talked all about do we just captain Salah every week and it will be fine. You were so mad at and me I, for bringing this up. <laughs> well, I thought the I thought that the discussion was a bit trite. Um, or perhaps I just knew that every FPL manager was going to be talking about it. So uh, anyway, I think I. I convinced myself that I had to go with Kane to stick by my guns, stick by the argument that I was making. (laughs) I also, also... But it never be said that the podcast doesn't make us worse, by the way, at Fantasy. Yeah, it's true. And I don't want to... It's a... It's a... Sticky argument to make where, well, Kane had a hat trick's worth of chances in the North London Derby. 
he he could have been looking at more than one goal. Right. Um, Sal- it is it is that is true. Although Salah also could have had five goals and five assists in that Southampton game. True. My my I think my point is is uh, in looking at it, I I don't feel like I made a terrible decision. In in hindsight, yes, I made the worst possible captain decision I could have made because right. I should have just gone with Salah. You're going to stick with your so, guns. <laughs> Yeah, I st- I stuck with my guns. That's the worst possible decision I could have made. Uh, yeah, and you know, car crash defense again. We'll talk about Alonzo. I mean, you you've suffered. You you broke Alonzo for I know. us. One point zero points and zero points, and brought him in. I mean, it's it's utterly ridiculous. It's just so frustrating. Of course, of course, Christensen gets a bonus point today too. Uh, so I, I ended up on 89 points overall. Uh, continue my my climb back up the table. I picked up another 45,000 spots or so. Um, and I, so I did Captain Aguero. I, I went back and forth a little bit on, uh, on Sal and Aguero, but I, I just don't have a lot of faith in the, uh, in the Leicester defense. And, uh, um, I don't know. I actually, I had kind of like a thought in my head that maybe, um, Liverpool, so they've played two away matches since Coutinho left, at least two, two away matches in the league. I, I'm not sure if they put any FA Cup away matches, uh, but two away matches in the league. And, uh, one of them, Salah was held scoreless. Um, and the other one, he um, converted a late penalty. So he hadn't actually scored an open play goal uh, without Coutinho. And, was, and so I was sort of on the fence. Like, that was just enough for me to go with, with Aguero over Salah. So I did that, uh, looking at one point from Aguero in the first half. I mean, it was very, it was actually kind of like the Newcastle game, where, like, all of his goals were sort of, I think in the Newcastle game, you know, the famous Newcastle game where he scored five goals and yeah, 25 uh-huh. minutes. I think he only had one before halftime in that game. And I think the other four all came in, like, a... 15 or 20 minute spell in the second half. Uh, so in this case, uh, scoreless in the first, or he, he was scoreless in the first half and then scored four uh, in the second. And um, they were kind of each. Within the span of like 26 minutes or something like, like that. Increasingly. Sp- or at yeah, least the, the hat trick. Increasingly spectacular goals, right? It was like everyone built <laughs> on the goal that came before. Uh, first two were on assists from KDB. And then uh, and then the other one is just a really heads up play where he um, catches Schmeichel making a mistake and then kind of loops it over. My, I was watching the replay today. It's actually like the, sh- like the little like kind of like the loft that he puts on that ball um, to chip it in. Is, mm-hmm. it actually, it's, it's quite a difficult shot. You know, I mean, he's such a... Oh, you think it's difficult? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, obviously it's difficult, but like it's in, in real time, I didn't, re- I don't think I realized just how high the degree of difficulty was. Um, and then that fourth goal was just a work of art. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, well, anyone who anyone who's I think it's uh, L two plus circle to do the lob shot in FIFA. <laughs> somebody will correct yeah. me. Uh, if FIFA has taught me anything, it's that the lob shot is very difficult. Difficult to get the the arc right over the goalkeeper's reach. Yeah, exactly. And then that that fourth goal, I think it's the football ramble or something. They were talking about the just any goal that hits the top of the crossbar and then and then thumps down like that. There's, there's something so beautiful about that, like the the crossbar oh, yeah. like into the goal. <laughs> <laughs> the, and and to make it doubly beautiful, the fact that it was like straight at Schmeichel, but it was still unsavable. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And we were talking about this earlier. The moment that you saw Aguero get that ball from, was it Foden? Yeah. As soon as he got the ball in that space out on top of the 18, you knew he was just going to blast yeah. it as hard as he possibly could. I know they, could. they backed off and I, 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 was just, I, I guess they just had kind of given up. I mean, there's maybe five minutes left in the match. Uh, so I get yeah so I got uh, twenty twenty one from him doubled. Uh, Kellen Wilson disappointed again. Um, I'm trying to have some perspective on Kellen Wilson. I mean ultimately there's just not a lot of 
there's no reliable striker under six million, right? And that includes Callum Wilson. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's you know you don't bring you you know when you bring in Callum Wilson for Stoke at home and Huddersfield away, you do expect some points, but um, ultimately, it's not like I've invested that much money in him. So, uh, just kind of annoying because yeah. ultimately, I you know I could have gone with a five man midfield. I left Milosevic on the bench. Um, so that was a little annoying to leave the eight points there. Um, Ward Prowse. There's another mispronunciation for you people out <laughs> sure. there listening. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ward Prowse actually had a, a lo- bunch of chances to get attacking returns. He had a, a header that he almost scored on, and uh, he also almost had an assist, too, on a, on a ball he played in. So Ward Prowse looks like a, a real buy if you're looking at wild carding yep. anytime soon. I think he's, yep. uh, I think he's, only, he's still only at $5.1 million and uh, super dangerous. Um, and then, yeah, the, uh, the 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 only caveat there is it looks like Southampton's almost guaranteed to blank in yeah, uh, that's true, exactly. So, um, so we'll talk for what that's worth, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the one transfer I made, uh, it's actually interesting to bring up Gaming Thirty One. So, um, I was kind of debating between uh, Bauer on Stoke and uh, Fernandez on um, Swansea, and mm-hmm. I ultimately went with Fernandez. And the reasoning was, I think sometimes. There's a tendency to overthink a blank or like, okay, so the, you know, the reason we talk about Game Week 31, as we talked about in previous podcasts, is there's there's likely to be only, I don't know, something like maybe three to five fixtures total, if that, uh, during Game Week 31. Sure, I think uh, ben, ben Krellen, who gets cited every time people talk about the blanks in 31, right. he's projecting the number of blanks to be around six. So that would leave us with probably four to five fixtures. Right, and so there's this... D- d- depending on how accurate that yeah, is. Yeah, and there's this feeling that, you know, the moves you make, you, you're you inclined to bring in players who are um, who have a fixture in that game week. Uh, but I think you can also overdo it a little bit, too. And my thinking was um, Swansea have, you know, Burnley... Brighton, West Ham, Huddersfield, Southampton, and I can just get more points from them, you know, from Fernandez in the next five game weeks than I would from a Stoke defender. And so, you know, and there's no, you know, there's no guarantee of a clean sheet in game week 31 for them anyway. So, you know, how many weeks in advance do I want to bring in a guy like that if I don't, if I think he's only going to get two points that game week anyway, you know? So, yeah. uh, so, and that's already paid for itself, right? Because I got six from Fernandez and, and Bauer was only on two points. So, um, what is crazy yeah. about Swansea to mention that is they only have one home fixture in the next six, which is kind of outrageous. But they're playing this like crazy formation right now where like, like it's kind of amazing that it's actually working, like that they're actually scoring goals out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah. I don't really remember ever seeing it before. It's, like a five man back line. It's just like it's a strange <laughs> I don't know the five four one. You just I, I just don't feel like that's a very common formation. In hey, anything that frees up Ki Sung Young to right. uh, to score worldies, <laughs> just unleash the beast that yeah, is Ki. Exactly. So there's for whatever you know for right now they're playing a five man back line at Swansea and it's working very well. So I feel like I missed a good unlocking the door pun there, right. but that's <laughs> right. fine. I'll move on. Um, so anyway, I finished on uh, yeah eighty nine total. Um, it was it was really all about uh, Guerra. I had six from Kane, eight from Sterling. Uh, Cuga Martina got two another assist from him. Uh, there was the mil, yeah the the late uh, Ashley Williams handball. It was just Ashley Williams is just so done. He's so cooked as a player. <laughs> yeah. uh, that ended up costing is, me yeah. uh, I think seven points total because um, I was actually on three bonus points for Martina at that point too, and so I lost the clean sheet as well. So from twelve to five in the in the space of an Ashley Williams handball it was very annoying. Ashley Williams, hashtag cooked. I, know, I love it. I know. So uh, 89 total, uh, it was, you know, a, 
very good scoreline. It didn't, you know, wasn't quite as huge as it could have been because, uh, you know, Salah ended up on 13 points. He was, you know, really highly captain overall. Um, you know, Firmino had a big game week as well, and then Eden Hazard today, um, and then obviously the Jeez. Uh, the ch- Hazard, ult- the ultimate troll, right? Uh, I mean, come yeah, on. And, and then the uh, Chelsea, Chelsea with all the clean sheets, except of course for Alonso, the player that you and I both have, and and uh, many others uh, have him as well. So that was that was just kind of um, kind of annoying. And so I, I ultimately, you know, I I was actually up like a hundred hundred thousand spots or so, and I ended up about forty five thousand. Total. So now I'm I'm in between 100k and 200k. That's like, it's fine. Like the comeback is is back on. You know, at least I, I you know, uh-huh. should be able to crack back into the 100k um, or into the top 100k again uh, with another good game week or two. So, um, yeah. so you know, oh, the early wild card seems like it's I, already been justified. I didn't even mention my good news. I'm now a Theo Walcott owner. I'm, I'm one point richer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now that that is one where it was, you know, you, there was the, some some planning for game week 31, but it also seemed reasonable to bring in Walcott. I mean, you know, it, yeah, yeah, dropping Jesse Lingard for Walcott and Walcott, to his credit, um, he did look really great, incredibly positive against Palace, and he had a number of sort of hockey assist level uh, passes. Right. And I think the points will come for him. It's a good, still a good long-term buy. I wouldn't be scared off by this one-pointer. All right, so that's that, that's our game weeks. Uh, you know, I don't know. Pretty good for me, not so great for you. Um, <laughs> how did the always students... How many points again did you get there, Josh? 89 points. 89 points. So it was it was a week for the Century Club. A lot of people hitting 100. I know. So uh, that's... That's great to see. I think there's always a, a a beautiful, palpable buzz around FPL social media when people start hitting that hitting that. Sure. I, I was on 88 going into the uh, the final fixture, and I, I was really uh, I I had dreams of an Alonzo, you know, clean sheet and goal. It was really kind of heartbreaking. The second Monday in a row to the late breaking news. You know, it's it's just you know, I mean, all these there, there are a lot of very hardworking people who are trying to get us injury news, and it's just ultimately, you know, it's just. You know, these guys play it so close to the vest, and it's it's hard to really know sometimes. Imagine how I felt having Higazi coming off the bench. I, I, uh, it was around 2.45, and I was like, yeah, that's 15 minutes before kickoff here in, on the East Coast in the States. I was like, yeah, Higazi, I could see bracing a clean sheet. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds reasonable. Yep. Not did what what did not come to pass. No, I think there was only like one. Did they even have a corner kick in that match? Like maybe one. There was like a one free kick, I think. All right, so let's look at the always cheating Super League, Brandon. Uh, we have a new number one, but let's let's get to him in a moment. Uh, number ten is D Boy United. D Boy, uh, congratulations, D Boy. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna list his <laughs> we came I was gonna list his game week score and total points, but you know, no one no one's gonna no one's writing this stuff down. Uh, no, number nine is uh, Benkin Bellacub, Eric Peterson on uh, 95 points. Uh, Stevie Sunshine uh, dropped a little bit. Uh, cruise Control. Uh, Dave Lambs, uh, the one that matters uh, with 106 points. Congratulations to you, Dave Lamb. New, new to the top 10, I believe this is. Welcome, yes. Dave. Uh, two Girls, One Schlup, Andrew Ferguson in sixth. Heating Up, Aaron Matheson in fifth. At number four is for Fuchs, Ake, uh, Ayu Blind, uh, Joe Stone, and Brandon. I'm, I'm keeping us off that explicit label. I'm not going to pronounce that uh, the way it's Keep way it it's clean. To. Keep it clean, In Joe. third, wow, Graham McDonald, Gamchester United, 107 points. 
Uh, yeah. Graham, taking my breath yeah. away, yeah. buddy. Well done. Number two is Prakar Patel's Crazy Coutinho. Uh, and then... Long, long-standing number one, uh, Crazy Coutinho. What's but sixty-nine? That's a that's a BK Broilers level score. This tough, game week. tough week for Crazy Coutinho. And number one is Jamal Rice, who is a uh, new member and a new addition to the Always Cheating Super League. Uh, welcome Jamal to the league, and Jamal is uh, thirteen overall in the world. So uh, congratulations, Jamal. Thirteen. Is that the best you can do, Jamal? Yeah, Jamal, come on now. There's t- you think there's twelve people better than you, Jamal? No, <laughs> there's not. You can do this. <laughs> you are you're the top manager. That's Let's right. go. Exactly. Uh, all right. Congratulations, everyone, in the top ten. Uh, no rants this week, Brandon, because we've got two weeks off. This is not a time to rant. This is a time to to refocus your energy, right? To find yeah, recharge. recharge. Exactly. Go. Yeah, get outside. Speaking of recharging, Josh, we're going to record a special podcast because we have this break. We have time to uh, do special things that we don't normally do. So for our Patreon supporters, you go to patreon.com slash always cheating. That's where you can support what Josh and I do every week for this free FPL podcast. <laughs> we're going to do what we're calling an Ask Us Anything. You know, on Reddit, they do these AM, AMAs. Is that what they call uh, yep. them? Ask yep. Me Anything. So basically, this is your opportunity to ask me or Josh anything you want, and we will answer with, as Josh, you're fond of saying in your advice shop on Twitter, the 100% correct answer. That's right. And uh, these do not have to be uh, anything related to fantasy at all. You can ask us any question about uh, about us, about uh, the universe, about other sports. Uh, if you want to ask us if, uh, you know, if you would rather fight a, you know, horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses, uh, I am happy to answer that question. Uh, all imponderable questions will be answered. It's one question per Patreon person, and this is any Patreon level. So uh, just message us on, on the Slack or on uh, Facebook or Twitter if you're a patron, and uh, we will answer your question on the podcast. No question will go unanswered, and every answer will be the correct 100% positive right answer. And hey, if you're not a Patreon member, you can still ask a question. But the problem is, is you'll lay awake at night not knowing the answer because you can't hear the Patreon (laughs) special It's not too late to become a patron. So patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can join. And uh, if you join at the $3 level um, or above, uh, we will send you um, uh, an invitation to our Slack channel. So if you have a question for us, get that question in by, let's say, Friday. Uh, questions by before you go to bed, go to bed on, Friday. on Friday, when you would normally be checking your team to make sure that your team is ready to go, you will now be submitting your your Patreon Ask Us Anything podcast question. So you can email us hailcheaters@gmail.com. You can post it on the Patreon page, uh, or you can um, uh, just direct message us on Facebook or Twitter. Okay. So we have a quick running order coming up. Uh, this podcast, we're going to talk about Aguero. We're going to talk about the Man United attack. I guess we should just wax poetically about uh, Salah for a little bit and, and a few other uh, a few other items to talk about before we head into this uh, bleak non-FPL uh, week. Um, so let's take a quick break, Josh, and we'll Excellent. be right back. Same old podcast, always cheating. We're back, and Josh, just as you're climbing up that FPL table, I am now climbing up the starting 11 daily fantasy table. I had a bad run of losses on the Starting 11 Daily Fantasy app, and this weekend I took on a few comers. We're taking challenges from the Always Cheating listeners, so I actually won because 
As I mentioned, I do not have Brock Toon, Sergio Aguero, in my FPL squad, but starting 11 made it possible for me to actually have Sergio's points. Did you captain him in, in, in my 11? Yeah, I actually did captain him. I mean, so it was some weirdly, I didn't even think about Sergio Aguero going into this weekend FPL wise. Looking at starting 11, it was just like a whole fresh squad. You, you have no budget to deal with, so I could just bring in whoever I wanted to. Effectively, everyone in my starting 11 team scored a goal this week, which was amazing. Um, so it, it was a lot of fun. So as I mentioned, there's no budget for your starting 11 team. You can play on your iPhone or Android any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches. And as the games are playing out, you're allowed three live in-game substitutions. So um, when Firmino gets a uh, 75th minute substitution, you can bring in somebody. Bring in Phil Foden. How about Brandon? Get, yeah, get that Foden, assist. Foden exactly. When, when could you ever have Phil Absolutely. Foden in an actual fantasy? Never. No, you can't. So that, that's where starting 11 is the key. So go to starting11.io. That's starting11.io for more information. Or just search for the Starting 11 app in your iOS or Android store, and you can download and start playing today. That's right. And you can definitely play us the weekend of the 24th when Fantasy Games return. And I'll just note, there is some exciting news coming down the pipeline. We cannot talk about it this week. But it will be something. Cha-ching. It'll be something that we're Cha-ching. excited to talk about very soon. So, Cha-ching. so uh, I, if I were you, I would just uh, maybe, you know, twenty to thirty times a day, maybe an hour. I would be refreshing the startingeleven.io website just just to check it out and see see what's there. So, uh, yeah, big big news coming. We should by the time we do our next uh, standard podcast, I have some more information to uh, tell you guys about. So, pretty pretty exciting stuff. And I'll just, uh, I'll just leave yeah. the tease there for now. And we're back. So, Brandon, this is a pretty short podcast this week. We wanted to, uh, to you know, run down Game Week 27 and look ahead, uh, talk about some of the key questions uh, in case you need to make some early transfers or if you're wildcarding early. But there's a lot going on, and I would definitely hold off on making transfers if possible. Uh, that's because we have a – in the next two weeks, we have a full round of Champions League matches. There's five – uh, Premier League squad still in the Champions League. Uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday this week, uh, City and Spurs and Liverpool all play. Um, and uh, pretty they basically, they all have pretty difficult matches. Uh, and Arsenal actually play on Thursday in the uh, Europa League as well. Yeah, the, and the, all the Champions League fixtures are away for these prem clubs. Right, exactly, because they all like, yeah, they all won their um, their groups. So, um, and then you have uh, you know, Chelsea and uh, United play next week. Um, and then you have a whole round of FA Cup fixtures over the weekend too. So we're not going to get too into details right now because there's just there's just a lot of things that are still up in the air, still to be played, and uh, we wouldn't want to give advice that was that was kind of immediately. Uh, yeah, we really didn't even solicit for questions for this uh, episode tonight because, as you say, there are so many fixtures to be played. We can't really f- focus on game week 28 until uh, more of these matches are played. And we see who who does their ACL between now and exactly. Now. But there, I think there are five questions that are worth considering right now. So, uh, first question is Sergio Aguero. We just talked about him uh, and how uh, how important he was. If you had him in your squad, do you, if, you know, if you had him in FPL, would you have captained him, Brandon? Do you think it's an interesting question? I, I actually have thought about this because it was it was my it was in my blind spot. I think heading into game week twenty seven. 
I, I can remember going to Fantasy Football Scout and looking at the captaincy poll, and my eyes just went straight to Kane or Salah because that those were who I was oscillating between. And I didn't even register where Aguero was. I, I would assume Aguero was probably like number two on that poll, but it did not register for me. Yeah. I, uh, so I assume if I was an Aguero owner, I would have to think about it. But this has been my issue not having Aguero during this run of uh, Jesus being injured right. is it's just been a total blind spot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, it's interesting because I remember talking about this in December um, and we were sort of talking about Aguero and Jason. We just said, you can't have, you can't have either one uh, because they're just getting rotated so much. And then, you know, we said if, if any one of them got injured, then yes, you would definitely want to have the other one because um, you know, there's just, there's so many goals in that team. And, so we, we kind of have this window, but the problem is now it's the window might be closing again because, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week's podcast, but the next match that Man City play in the Premier League is not until March 1st, right? So it's February 12th right now. They have multiple matches, uh, including a, a uh, the League Cup final. Um, they have uh, an FA Cup match and they have a Champions League match, right? So three more matches and Jesus is possibly going to be back from injury. I, I actually haven't heard anything super positive. I know that Sané is looking like he's he's ready to come back, but I think Jesus might still still be a little while longer. So, Yeah, and uh, Ben Dinnery's site, PremierInjuries.com, has Jesus listed as a February 19 return date. That seems um, early. But th- this, is, this is just... Um, I mean, speculation seems like too strong of a word because Pep has said in numerous press conferences that he expects Jesus to be back in full training with the team um, and ready ready to be put into the lineup right. sometime in February. I just feel like we would so have heard it, some it seems, rumblings, you know? I don't know. Or seen, seen him on Man City's Instagram yeah. at the very least. But yeah, this this does feel like something of uh, I'll believe it when I see it. And because Jesus is coming back from such a lengthy spell on the sidelines, it's one of those where I'm not convinced that he's just going to slot right back into that uh, striker rotation the way it was when him and Aguero were both fully fit and we couldn't rely on either of them. So I, I don't know what this injury news of Jesus means for Aguero. I don't know either. And I, I do think that knee injuries in particular are injuries that, that uh, things can go very wrong with knee injuries, you know, and even even mild ones like I think Tarkovsky right now on, on Burnley has a knee injury, right? And he's been touch and go, but I think he's ultimately missed three fixtures in a row now. And it's just, you know, I think uh, it was the same thing with it with Stephen Ward where just you just can't rush a knee injury, you know, because... It's like you see these guys who are who are you know out with the knee injury and they're on the sidelines. I mean, you saw it with with Mendy, right? Where he was like, you know, celebrating yeah. with the team. But it's, it's one thing to be able to walk. It's another thing to be running for ninety minutes straight against the best athletes in the world, right? It's just that is it's a yeah. whole different level. And so yeah, I mean, if he's not even in full training with them, it's hard to imagine when he would rejoin the squad. You know, I mean, I, it would have to be sometime in March at the earliest. Um, but you know, I mean, March is the next time they play a match. So I feel like with Aguero, you know, if you don't have him, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd recommend bringing him in, you know? And, um, I mean, I think the counter argument here, just to like, just to put up my own, just to counter what I just said is their next two matches are away to Arsenal and home to Chelsea. So those are matches where you would think that he would want to field 
his best possible squad, right? I mean, they haven't they have not officially mm-hmm. sewn up the league yet. So um, I think that if if Jesus is not fully back yet, I think you can count on Aguero playing in both game week twenty eight and twenty nine. I think the interesting stat uh, this week against Leicester City City sewed up European qualification. So at the very least. Man City is now qualified for the Europa is that League. Right? Wow! So Jeez. there you go. They they basically don't even have to field a team for the rest. That's of the season. because that was the primary goal, as far as I understand it, from the start of the season. Let's get to Europa. Yeah, the guys. same goals as Burnley. Just like just get a European spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I I tend to agree. Well, I, I I can't agree because you made you made two two points, but. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so colored by the fact that I am not an Aguero owner, and I think I do take some comfort in the fact that. Okay, so it's kind of almost it, it's not impossible, but it would be very. I'd have to tear up my team to get Aguero in at this point, and it would involve. I mean, the question you're asking if you're a non-Aguero owner is, am I willing to get rid of Harry Kane? Right. And why would well, okay, you? Okay, so my strike. Why? What? Why would you? And and you can't do that. My front line is is Firmino and, and Kane. I'm basically set up as a three five two, and Jordan Ayew enables me to play three up front. If not, so I have, I'd have to drop Firmino. And Firmino is in excellent form. And Liverpool, of all the top sides, have one of the best run ins. Plus, they're not blanking. So um, that's a non-starter for me to drop Firmino. And I think a lot of people are going to be bringing Firmino in after his incredibly consistent run over the last uh, month or so. So, yeah, I just don't see how I can fit Aguero in. Yeah, you'd have to taking some. uh, You'd have to drop someone like KDB, right? You'd have to, like, go from KDB to Milivojevic to do it you know like it had to be that kind and, of and turn and then play like a strong three up top turn jordan exactly. Yeah, because I, I think i agree i mean how do you drop Firmino playing a game week 31 uh and with all those good fixtures like you just said you know it doesn't make any sense yeah so here we are kind of with the preamble to the section of um i would need that's that's not a terrible idea but we'd need more information. If it seemed clear that uh, rumors of Jesus's return are much exaggerated, then sure, I'll go Sergio Aguero for Jordan Ayew at the expense of KDB. But we have to take Pep's press conferences um, pretty seriously at this point. If rotation is imminent, then it seems very risky. Yeah, I think it's risky too. And so, um, yeah, so I think I think we're in agreement here. If you have them, hold them. If you don't, don't bring them in. I think it's that it's mm-hmm. that simple. Uh, I, I ultimately think that I will get rid of him at some point. Uh, you know, game week thirty-one, if not sooner, right? Because um, I'm going to need players. So who's ticked? I, I would drop him for Firmino in game week thirty-one. Yeah, right. I mean, it, I guess there's really no other option. I mean, Liverpool is just sits out there as the obvious team heading into thirty-one. Yeah. They're they're in incredible form, have a great continuous run of fixtures, and don't blame. I still think there's I, think it's beti- I still think there's going to be a total troll job that takes place that week. Like, I think there are Champions League matches like a couple days later or something. So I just Sol- Solanke is going to come in and just uh, destroy all of our. It's teams. like going to be Ings and Solanke up front, and we're all going to have transferred <laughs> in all of these Liverpool players. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be the first time. All right, question number two. Manchester United 
Can you trust any of their attackers? I'm including the entire midfield, the entire forward line here. (laughs) All right. I have a story for you, Josh. So I fired up my podcast app and I saw what podcasts I had to listen to. And in the rotation was uh, This American Life, a a pretty popular um, sort of public radio podcast. (laughs) And the the title of their episode this week was Rom-Com. And I actually, because like everyone listening, I subscribe to about 50 uh, football podcasts. I just, I assumed it was a clever football podcast making a joke about the com- the comedic stylings of Romelu Lukaku. Right. I thought, what a brilliant gag for the title of your episode, <laughs> right. Rom-Com. It's a great totally football so, show headline title. Yeah. So this is my new name for Romelu Lukaku. I, I refuse to believe I'm the first person to make this joke, but if I am, I'm patting myself on the back. Rom-com. Yeah, the, the Manchester United attack is, 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 is bad at the moment. It's, it's in, or, or something's not It's clicking. in flux. I think that the influx is the generous way to put it. I, I guess you, 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 can't, you can't inject an unstable element, an ionic, a, a radioactive. Okay, I'm not, <laughs> when I say radioactive, I don't necessarily even mean it in a negative way, but Alexis Sanchez is a an unstable something, right? He's like an electric eel on a pool. You know, like you put him in, and uh, okay. you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's a how about a, how about a, he's a toaster in the an, bathtub. Another, <laughs> <laughs> another labored metaphor would be Alexis Sanchez is like a uh, my hand got cut off by the tractor, mm-hmm. and I'm getting a a replacement hand idle, from another it's body. Like idle hands, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the body, the body could reject that hand, mm-hmm. or or it could not. And right now, uh, United is in the process of trying to absorb this new hand. And right now, they're having it's, they're having it's some not, trouble. It's not it's not grafting the way you want it to. It's he, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to blame Alexis completely? He didn't. He did miss a, a wide open chance. Uh, a tough miss. I I don't actually. I don't know. I'm like always so generous when it comes to these these misses. I mean, the Raheem Sterling miss was. Was was pretty unforgivable, but the Sanchez one, he kind of did have to take. He had to stop. He, he would have had to either like just kind of pit it blind, and he stopped and, and kind of put his head up, and then suddenly there were two covered. I mean, man, you know, Newcastle just defended really well in that match, and they even did on that on that Sanchez shot that he that he scuffed. Yeah, hey, goals are goals are just we love goals because they're hard to score. Right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Pogba, you know, was a player I even thought about on my wild card. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's not working. Not working for Pogba. I mean, obviously Lingard is a complete disaster, right? I mean, Alexis Sanchez has basically ruined Lingard. Well, I mean, Lingard had his chances. He continued to get starts in what is effectively a, a number ten role in that squad. How much longer? It, can, it just didn't work. Yeah, how much longer can he keep getting yeah, those no, starts? No. Yeah, the Lingard ship has sailed. <laughs> that, that's done. I'm, I'm very happy to be rid of him. All, all the negativity aside, uh, I'll sort of say the same thing I've been saying about Sanchez. I still think that the Man United attack is going to come into the conversation as we head into the home FPL stretch. We're forgetting that United was actually destroying teams at the start of the season. Yeah, it's just uh, it's been such it's been so long. Those days have seem so far away and. It does seem like he, he Mourinho has not quite figured out his perfect his perfect midfield, has he? I mean, I'm looking at you know Anthony Marshall had some had some big chances, uh, but then you look and you know it's like he's 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 an intermittent starter, you know. I mean, he started 
I don't know. I mean, I guess he started like five of the last six, but then he didn't start, you know, two, you know, didn't start three out of four before that. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I think the talk, Mata's, the talk now is not that he doesn't know who it's not that he doesn't know who his best attack is. Uh, it's just that he doesn't know how to configure them. Yeah. So Martial, when Alexis is playing on the left, Martial gets moved to the right. Should you play Martial in the middle? Is Lukaku screwing everything up by Mourinho insisting on keeping him in the starting 11? Uh, it, it it feels like all the elements are there. They just have to be moved around, and it just depends on... It, it starts to get very political right. here. Like, is Mourinho trying to play games with the United ownership? Is he trying to play games with his team? Is he trying to push... Is he already at the point where he's trying to push players out this right. summer? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's sort of beyond our pay grade on this podcast, but, you know, this question of, like, we, whether... We are, we are not journalists, yeah. and nor do we pretend to be, but it, these are all factors <laughs> yeah. that have to go into you deciding what your FPL team is. Totally, like. because, I mean, you're talking about, you know, incredibly expensive players now in Lukaku, Pogba. I mean, just in terms of even weekly salaries, right? Lukaku, Pogba, and... Uh, and and Alexis and these are players who can't be benched, right? I mean, maybe once, you know, you bench Pogba once to teach him a lesson. I mean, you're you're not, you know, Lukaku is a hundred million player. There's no, if you start benching him, he's got to go in the off season. There's no, he's not like a, you know, you can't have a hundred million super sub, you know. And so it's like they have <laughs> to figure it out. But you just wonder if they're making so much money and they all demand the ball so much that it, it maybe it will never click. You know, you just can't get them all sort of. You know, if if you can ever develop like an esprit de corps, you know, with with this kind of um, this much money and and I don't know, it's just it's kind of de- it's a, it's like a depressing modern football question, you know. Um, it does seem like well, it, it's it's what yeah PSG is suffering right. with this right now. I guess Real Madrid is as well. Yeah, although ultimately, you know, Man, Man City has the same issue, and they've you know they found a way to make it work. And so I don't know, maybe it depends on on your leadership and the manager level. I mean. You know, and Real Madrid's won what like three Champions Leagues in four years, so <laughs> it can work. It's it's interesting. You know, I was thinking about Man City and, and Real Madrid and Barcelona, and you know, all of them kind of have like an alpha dog type player. I mean, you know, with Barcelona you've got Messi, and with with you know Madrid you've got Ronaldo. I guess with City that alpha dog would actually be Pep, right? Where he's just so so open yeah. about his rotation, right, and just so. This, you know, I am in control of this lineup. I will, I will bench anybody, including Aguero, including Raheem Sterling, and you know, uh, you know. I guess, I guess not KDB, but you know, in theory, everyone is everyone is benchable. And I think with Man United right now, it's there isn't a real leader on that team. Whether it's whether it's with Mourinho or or on the on the field, I mean, who is who's the superstar on that team? I mean, it's you know, Lukaku doesn't just doesn't you know score consistently enough and you know maybe it's alexis uh, you know pogba should be that player in theory but he's it's like pogba, pogba can't figure out who he wants to be you know it's like he's still taking all these free yeah, kicks yeah. and david de Gea is really the alpha dog on that team the problem is is he's goalkeeper he's the drummer yeah exactly <laughs> all right let's let's move on to the next question uh uh, we talked about this one already a little bit, but is there anything else you want to say? The question is, always Captain Sala? This is kind of part two, Brandon, because we did talk about this uh, last week's podcast as well. Yeah, okay. S- super sour on this question last week. This week, um, fine. Let's do it. I mean, West Ham at home in game week 28, I, I kind of dare you not to captain 
Mo Salah for that game. <laughs> yeah. Bus, bus team has the armband on Salah, no questions asked. Um, now, it's true. How, how, how much farther do you need to push that argument? He is, you used this phrase earlier this season, Salah having an Alexis Sanchez level season. Right. And now we're at the point where it's not even an Alexis Sanchez level season. It's, it's a we have not seen an FPL performance <laughs> like this ever. Yeah, it's the so, the only thing that comes to mind is the Luis Suarez season, uh, like four yeah. years ago, where he was just scoring he was scoring a brace in like seemingly every week. I mean, he was so so ridiculously dominant. Yeah, and I think one thing that's really crystallized in the last couple of weeks. I mean, when he when Milner gave him gave Salah the penalty. It's clear that Salah has his eyes on he wants to make a real mark on this season. He wants to get the golden boot. He might even be going for that Suarez PFA player of the year, even though that Liverpool team was, you know, second best. Uh, Salah is daring to take that award off of KDB at this point. And it's really interesting. He's so driven. So I'm. All right, I'm changing my tune. I, I suddenly find this always Captain Salah conversation interesting. Yeah, well, I think I think that's I think you know, and if that depresses you, just just realize that if if everyone starts captaining Salah, that can be a good thing if you're trying to come back because you know there's there's a lot of you know there's a real edge in not captaining Salah now too. And I I don't I don't mean to sound like a total troll here, but I mean like if you're you know seventy eighty points back in your league. And you don't care about finishing second or third, then I would just never camp. In assuming that your first place person is going to captain Salah every game week, uh, I would I would really try to pick my spots and, and try not to captain him. Maybe maybe in some of their away fixtures, um, you know, because I think yeah. there might be a little bit of an edge. And there. it can, it it can be done. Yeah, exactly. it can be done. You pick your spots, you pick your windows. It can be done. And I think that's probably something I was inelegantly saying last week. Is yeah, Salah is on paper, always going to be the best captain. But there will be weeks like, look at Aguero this week. Right. Or look at Harry Kane another week. Right. Um, or even, you know, the inkling to go with somebody like Kevin De Bruyne. It's fine. Try it. Yeah, especially if you're trying to make up ground. And and just as you're saying, now that we're all moving, you know, so solidly towards Salah, that is actually a golden opportunity for people trying to make up ground. All right, so question number four. This is four out of five questions, Brandon. Uh, question number four, is there any value in the cheap third striker category? It's a tricky one, right? I talked about this earlier with, with Callum Wilson. What are, we, what are you to do if you're looking for that third striker? And if you're looking for someone you want to play regularly, who, is, who, is, who are you going with? Uh, I was... <laughs> Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Ayew. Let's talk about the candidates first. <laughs> sure. So you've got Jordan Ayew. You've got Callum Wilson. Um, Seems like Nias may have may have earned his spot for right now. Uh, started the last three, picked up uh, two goals in his last four games. Yeah, and ever. I mean, Allardyce looks like he's pretty confident in. Despite there was some rotation with Rooney and Sigurdsson over the last couple of games, given the results when Rooney and Sigurdsson do start. Uh, that seems like a very solid rota- uh, a formation for Big Sam. So Nias, and I think somebody said uh, that Sanctosin isn't even in for a shout to start until Everton are quote unquote safe. So okay. um, uh, yeah, Nias, I like him. He's got to be in there. 
Uh, I mean, Callan Wilson, you know, is still still up there. Obviously, I mean, the, the fixtures are still very good for for Bournemouth over the next uh, five or six matches. Um, they play Newcastle in game week twenty eight. They play away at Leicester in game week twenty nine. Um, we'll see if they play in game week thirty one. I don't know. I, I, you know, that one's like it's too early to tell. We'll know by next week. Uh, and then they play uh, Watford and Crystal Palace in game week thirty two and thirty three. So. Um, definitely, you know, a player that you can, um, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not certainly not looking to get rid, you know, yeah. I mean, he's still only 10%, 10% owned. So, um, you know, there's definitely an edge there if you can get on him, um, you know, ahead of a run, but it's, it's been a little frustrating. The, the goals have been a little spread out on that team. Um, you know, junior Stanislaw, Jordan Ibe, um, uh, jo- uh, Josh King, like they've all, they've all been picking up goals in different game weeks. Yeah. Um, Chicharito, he's had uh, four returns and four, three goals, one assist in the last four games. But if you, uh, and he's priced at 6-7, if you look at West Ham's run-in, uh, the next 11 fixtures, it's pretty brutal. I mean, Liverpool in game yeah. week 28, and it's a whole lot of red there. Yeah. He kind of lucked into, I mean, he kind of got back into form uh, when Lanzini went down. Uh, surprisingly, that sort of opened up a, a, some space for him. Uh, Arnautovic sort of moved back into that attacking midfielder role. I've been playing as an out of position forward, and Chicharito uh, kind of jumped through that window, you know, and has, has done really well. Um, yeah, other players to, to look at. I mean, I, I guess Ashley Barnes. I was kind of interested in him. I do like Bournemouth's, uh, uh, Burnley's fixtures, but uh, I ultimately had I actually had him on my wild card, but I, I moved him almost immediately for Callum Wilson. He's he's done uh, absolutely nothing this season. He's <laughs> scored three goals. I mean, it's that's yeah, just that's nothing yeah. to hang your hat on. And I, it was a bit of a punt, you know. He was two point five percent owned or something like that. I mean, that, that's fine. I don't th- I don't think it was a bad point. But at this point, I think I'd be more inclined to target strikers who are playing on teams that have something to play for. I mean, I'm Burnley are pretty much. Home and dry at this point. Yeah. And, It'd be nice uh, if Ineachu would actually uh, get some regular starts. He's looked good in minutes. He, he looked really good in the FA Cup a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's only $6.5 million, but he hasn't been, he's only started one of the last three. So uh, you can't recommend him yet. So, yeah, I mean, uh, okay, so I guess it's kind of the usual candidates, right? I mean, who is, who's a, you know, there, you, have, you have Ayu. Um, you have Jay Rodriguez is just not a player I'm looking at. Also, so we're, we're waiting for the these way. charges from the FA, these uh, racial abuse charges to come to come yeah, through on Jay Rodriguez. So he could be he could right. be out of the FPL picture pretty soon here. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And Cal- Callum Wilson, um, yeah, I guess it's just the usual suspects and no one no one has. Th- I mean, really, part of the problem is that I think you and I have both been in a position with with Wilson and Ayu where. They've done enough that we're kind of we're basically playing a three four three again, right? And I had sort of yep. in my head I'd committed to more of a three five two, and now I'm just doing a three four three because I just don't see myself benching Callum Wilson. Yeah, I think the three four three is a viable formation now, but I I still think you have to be prepared to. It's sort of like you have to be a transformer. You have to be ready to go into a three-five-two at the moment's notice. So my goal right now is, and the whole fiasco with Alonzo is actually pretty good for my team and that this is giving me an opportunity to downgrade Alonzo and finally get rid of Loftus-Cheek. So I'm looking to move Loftus-Cheek into a much more viable midfielder that I can actually, you know, uh, 
rotate with my third striker. So I can right. do a three five two or a three four three based on the week. And I, uh, I mean, wild cards are incoming, so I don't want to talk too much about formation or team structure because it's, you know, it's it's going to be very uh, fluid. Uh, as we head into yeah. the home stretch, but that's I, I I like the idea right now of having a team structure that you can because we're gonna have okay. So the point is is that third striker is effectively a slot machine right now. You just have to hit it on the right week, and yeah, there is no third striker that is a play every week guy right now. Okay, all right. Well, that's that. It answers the question in the sense that it's very difficult to answer, and there's no <laughs> yeah. there's no good answer. All right. Uh, the final question is: uh, Something I was thinking about uh, with with Swansea. Uh, are there any cheap defenders that are worth your money right now? I think we, you know, I think that you know, we kind of knew who the cheap defenders were at the start of the season. We, you know, you wanted some Brighton players. You wanted, you definitely wanted a Burnley player, if not two. Now Burnley have gone six fixtures in a row without without keeping a clean sheet. Um, you know, looking ahead, and let's just let's just leave the game week thirty one out of the out of the conversation for sure. the time being because it just it just muddies things so much. Yeah. But just looking at the next, you know, five or six game weeks, where where is there some value in the in the cheap defender range? Uh I'll start I'll start off with Swansea just because I was, you know, that, that's the, the team I brought in. I brought in, I brought in Fernandez. I think that uh you can go Fernandez or Naughton. Uh, Fernandez is four point four million. He's the, he's actually the captain right now. So um very stable player in that squad. Uh, and they play Brighton, West Ham, Huddersfield, and Southampton in the next four. So, uh, very good run in, and uh, you can still get their defenders for super cheap. Yeah, and Everton. I mean, you've you've cornered Cuco Martina. You criticize him as much as you want as a player, as an FPL asset at four point four, delivering you know two assists in a row. I'm not sure how consistent that's going to be, but Everton just have a great run of fixtures coming up save game week 32 and 33 it's just it's just all cake yeah. fixtures for them and Baines is in is in no shape to come back anytime soon you feel yeah, like he's I locked guess in. he's he's hoping to I think return to training after the Watford match in game week 28 but you know returning to training and actually getting into the squad are, are two different things so yeah you know I I would I wouldn't think we'd see Baines until April probably yeah, and this is this was the worry, like, when we were all playing Higazi at the start of the season. Well, wait until Macaulay comes back, and he's going to get Higazi right out of the lineup. Baines is getting on in years. He wasn't having a bang-up season uh, at the start of this season. And I don't know that he gets back into the team if if Everton continue with their form, you know, yeah, our small match thing. aside. Yeah, it could be that they work him in Sully. I mean, you know, the fact that Martinez has been able to contribute two assists in the last two game weeks, yeah. I think really helps him as well because I know that Allardyce was um, sort of commenting on how he wasn't really offered any attacking threat. And so now, yeah. that, he's, now that he's doing that, you know, I think that he's, uh, he's not a bad option, you know, just knowing that you might have to ultimately drop him. But, you know, that's always the risk you run with, with cheap defenders anyways. That and if, gonna, if you're a John Joe Kenny spot. owner, there could be a, a, a pinhole of light if um if Seamus Coleman is is injured yet again, I don't know how serious it is, but John yeah. Joe Kenny could sneak back into the starting lineup for so so keep your eye on the injury reports there. All right, and Brandon, the obvious one here, West Brom, your beloved Hagazi. Yeah, look at this man. look at this run of six fixtures coming up. Huddersfield, Watford, Leicester, Bournemouth, Burnley, Swansea. Four to six of those at home. 
Yeah, it's not bad. Um, West Brom are are pretty terrible at the moment. Sure, I th- I, I, think, <laughs> I think I said you heard it here first on the Always Cheating Podcast. West Brom are not going down this season. They're seven points uh, uh, away from safety right now. It's troubling. That it's said, good. If, the, if they're going to be saved at all, it will be from their defense. This is the only thing West Brom has ever been able to rely on over the years. So I'm going to stick with Higazi. If you've got a Higazi-sized hole in your squad, you know, worth a shout. Well, I'm really yeah. looking at Liverpool right now. And the trouble with Liverpool is are they affordable or are they not? Because I think the player that you're most at ease going with is somebody like Van Dyke at 5.5. But they have a mm-hmm. lot of cheap assets that are um, – that are big rotation risks, like Trent Alexander-Arnold yeah. Arnold at 4.2. Uh, you know, he's, he's played 90 of the last two fixtures, but can you count on any of these guys? That's the real problem. Yeah, I think Van Dyke is the only one I, I would really feel confident playing, you know, most, most – I just don't see him rotated a lot. He, he really doesn't have a lot of miles on him this year, you know, and so I, I think that he can play – Champions League matches and and league matches and, and not be as much of a rotation threat. I mean, you know, Robertson is is kind of the obvious candidate here, but um, you know, at four point seven million. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have to think he's going to start playing in some of these important Champions League matches, right? And we've seen Klopp rotate just an absolute ton the last yeah. two seasons, right? Yep. So um, I don't I don't know why that would stop this year. Yeah, I mean, the only way you can see them drawing focus away from Champions League is just saying, well, we've got to the knockout stages. That is a success for our club, just sort of getting back into the Champions League waters. We do have an opportunity to finish in second place in the Premier League. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, the, but just they, there, they are, play, no, there they are no trophies Porto, for second I mean, place, but still, I'm sure yeah. there's some value to that for the club. I mean, he's made the finals of the Champions League before. I mean, and they play Porto in this round. It's a very winnable draw. And, you know, I mean, they, their team is so attacking that over two legs, I mean, who couldn't they beat, right? Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, score, they score four goals in one game, right? And just, yeah. you know, and then hold on, you know, in the follow-up away to, you know, at the Bernabeu or whatever. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 I kind of agree with you, but I think right now they have to be all in on the Champions League too. Yeah. That said, Van Dyke is probably top of my list of Alonzo replacements right now. Yep, me totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, all right, Brandon, those are the five questions. Uh, that's it. That's our podcast. Uh, this is much shorter than usual. I don't know what like. <laughs> should we should we just banter yeah. for the next uh, yeah, twenty five like, minutes? It's not that late. I can like do things still. I can like <laughs> I can go like read a book for an hour or something. This is amazing. And our listeners, because you're still awake, you have time to join our join our Patreon page. And if you are a Patreon supporter, you can ask us anything, and we will answer those questions on a yes. special bonus pod this weekend. Yeah, and uh, if you would be so kind as to go to iTunes and leave us a uh, review, a five-star review, if you would, uh, that'd be very much appreciated. Oh, it's got to be five, Josh. Five or nothing. <laughs> Got to be five. Yeah, someone someone went to the trouble to go in there and leave a commentless one-star review, which uh, just kind of bummed me out. And At least tell I, I really, us what we're doing wrong. Yeah, if that was even what it was, and it wasn't some kind of troll job or, or something. So 
Um, yeah, so if you can help us counteract the trolls, that would be awesome. Uh, if you actually if you enjoy the podcast, uh, that'd be very much appreciated. Uh, it's really helpful for us to continue to grow. The it podcast was probably a Chelsea player, given it. how much uh, how prone they are to trolling everyone in the. FBI That's true. Might, might be Man United fans after this podcast. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, support the podcast. Uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. Follow us. Uh, we're on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Follow the pod on SoundCloud where you can leave your comments in real time. You also subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is that you get your podcast. And Josh, where is all of this information at your fingertips if you zoned out for the last a minute? alwayscheating.com that's also where you can leave comments for us and uh, you can even leave your Patreon ask us anything comments there too so uh, Brandon have a nice pleasant FPL free week and uh, I will see you next weekend yeah we'll see you next weekend for our game week 28 preview alright cheers hail Lord Sorloth Lord and Sorloth think- started How did, what did you think did he look good he did. He looked very good, actually. And I think it's Sir Lot. So now now I don't even know. I don't know up from down anymore. <laughs> I think the comment, com, uh, the commentator was calling him Sir Lot, like he was, it's, which sounds very much very like confusing. he's from the uh, like uh, King Arthur's court or something. Sir Lot. <laughs> he did look dangerous, though. He actually almost scored once. So, yeah, he looks, he well, looks like a good player. He's still our Lord God, so that's fine. He, no matter how you pronounce his name, he's still, <laughs> his, uh, he's still a, a godlike figure. Very much so. But not as godlike as Poku. Hail Poku. <laughs> Hail cheaters. Cheers. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.